following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. He's now gone, and that is no lie. A sorry sexod who must say goodbye. George Santos is leaving the town. There was quite a list, and he paid the price. They soon found out he's corrupt, not nice. Santos' flaws have taken him down. Congress watched while he stood lying Like a well-dressed rattlesnake They knew that he'd been bad, not good So kicked him out for goodness sake Oh, the rules he skewed The voters he screwed Fancy new shoes and plenty of booze George Santos is leaving the town Crimes in plain sight, a total disgrace. Hotel spas, a Botox new face. Santos' flaws have taken him down. Now people on Long Island are happy as can be. They're gonna have an honest chance, especially those in District 3. So he didn't watch out. Continues to lie He'll do a long stretch But still he'll deny George Santos is leaving The town Oh yeah <laughs> Parody project Getting us started It is the season, right? Uh, Hernan says I can't wait for the Santos movie Um Really? Do you want to watch that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, You know, if Norman Lear was still around and could write the treatment for it, it might be worth watching. But I don't know who would take his place. Anyway, welcome to a Thursday. It is um, uh, the Nicole Sandler show and it is Thursday. So it's Howie Klein Day on the show. And you know, uh, when Howie joins us each week, I know he keeps saying he's going to come on Zoom, but it hasn't happened yet. And the picture that I use of him um, that is up always as he's speaking, that has his hand up, he's standing behind a podium. And the podium, let me see if I can um, pull that picture up here for just a moment. Here, I'll just put it up for those of you um watching. You see on the, the, the podium, that's the logo for People for the American Way. People for the American Way is the organization that was founded by Norman Lear. And uh, Howie is on the board of directors. So um, he, he shared very little, frankly, about Norman Lear other than his sadness at the news of his passing. So today on the show, um, I will ask Howie to share a, a few memories of, of Norman Lear. You know, uh, what I wrote in the notes for today's show, I really believe. Norman Lear, though I never met him in person, we spoke once, excuse me, when I, um, I interviewed him, and I'm going to share that with you in a few minutes. Um, he, he, I my earliest memories of television, really, um, aside from uh, I want to say like the Dick Van Dyke Show and those Mary Tyler Moore and those, um, my earliest memories are of All in the Family, and Maude, and the Jeffersons, and and the One Day at a Time. All those shows I grew up with, 
What's been interesting is watching or reading some of the comments on social media and seeing like Sherilyn Eiffel, who, uh, for whom I have the utmost respect, saying things like, you know, if my dad ever knew that I was watching Maud, I would have gotten in trouble. I had to hide it. Well, we watched it as a family, all in the family. You know, I really think growing up with Norman Lear's television shows uh, helped form the basis for my um, my my political uh, fight, for my beliefs, for my liberalism. Uh, anyway, uh, I have the, or had, still do, have the utmost respect for Norman Lear. There are fewer, few people who I just look at as good, as just inherently good people who are in it for the right reasons, and so many in Hollywood are not, you know. So anyway, um, uh, Howie will join us in a, at the bottom of the hour, as he does on, on Thursdays. But I figured what we would do to start the show is I would dip back into my audio archives, uh, because I can, <clears throat> and go back to 2007. Yeah, it, you know, I had just really gotten started in talk radio. I, I well, back up. As a young kid out of college, I was in talk radio in New York. Uh, when I moved out to Los Angeles, I I've fully made the transition to music radio. And it wasn't until I moved back to South Florida in, you know, 2004, 2005, that I got into talk radio. It was with a, through Air America. Miami had an Air America affiliate called 940 Winds. And when I joined the station, I joined as a producer. I worked with Jim DeFeedy, who is one of the best working journalists, not only in the state of Florida, but I believe anywhere today. And I, I joined as his producer. And uh, after a year, uh, Jim left. They, they gave me the show. Didn't give me a producer, didn't really give me much of a raise, but you know, that's how, that's the nature of the business. At least it was, how many years ago? 15 years ago? Anyway, um, on this particular day, uh, Jim was out sick. And, um, <laughs> uh, and I got to do the interview. Now, I had done music interviews before, but I hadn't really done any news talk interviews um, so I was new at it and I was nervous as you'll probably hear, but anyway, I, and I was nervous mostly because I got to talk with Norman Lear. So, uh, with no further ado, I'll just take you back to that snapshot in time. It was April 26th, 2007. And as they say, let's go to the audio tape. I've grown up with you. I've grown up watching your TV shows as so many people who are listening today have. Of course, probably best known for All in the Family, but then you went on to create Sanford and Son and Maude, the Jeffersons and so many more. And of course, probably one thing that all of your TV work had in common was that they were all socially conscious. They were all socially and politically in tune with what was happening in the world. I think it's because... Uh we considered ourselves uh, adults, and uh, we were a great many of us married with children, uh, some single, but uh, all of uh, all of us. I'm talking about writers and directors and so forth. Read newspapers. I I asked everybody to read uh, to the extent they could the Los Angeles Times, the New York Times, and the Wall Street Journal and p the publications, and we were all. We brought to the table in collaboration all of our personal day-to-day -day experiences as family people and as Americans and as workers and as, you know, so the, the, what was going on in the country and in our lives and in our relationships was the grist for, for our mill, for our drama. So the intent really was to take a look at what was happening in society and address it in a accessible way to the American public. Yeah, it, it was to reflect what we were all living through, as uh, in in the case of uh, all the family, what working men 
were living through and what some of them were thinking. And then Mike was representing what others were thinking. But we were dealing with the uh, nitty-gritty of, uh, of life, which included illness and political uh, feelings and, you know, uh, social mores and such. But it wasn't out of a desire to do that. It was, I think it was just because, uh, you know, we, we, we approached it in a, in a, in a grown-up way. Right, and looking at people really, unfortunately, as they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is, unfortunately, some uh, some comedy in that, or fortunately, as the case may be. Now, there are a lot of people who say that you couldn't put an All in the Family on the air today, and they're probably right, but but the reality is that you probably wouldn't write a character like Archie Bunker today because he doesn't exist in that form, that times have changed, the nature of racism has changed, and the racist himself has changed. Well, I just, somebody just sent me a... Uh a piece that uh, Rush Limbaugh is playing right now <laughs> called uh, Barack the... Barack the Magic Negro. Negro. Yeah, like the beautiful, the pretty Negro or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if that isn't uh, Archie Bunker style, yeah. I don't know what is. You know, you're so right. I think, uh, unfortunately, to our shame, all of that is alive and well in America today. Huh. And, with, you know, the Dionymus incident. Well, that's where I wanted... Archie Bucker heightened. Yeah, that's where I wanted to go next. Now, I, where do you think that came from? Or do, were people just... I mean, I hate to say it, but in the past, he's probably said even worse than that. Do you think people were just finally fed up? Well, you know, I, I hate wasting time talking about him. Mm-hmm. It, because uh, the, the culture generally... Is uh, is dictated by uh, commercial the commercial drive. You know the the companies that sponsor Dunhamus, the companies that uh, are responsible for the degree of sex and violence and everything else. It isn't the guy, the working guy who's you know struggling to keep a family together, writing for a living, however well paid. It's the companies that traffic in it because that's where they feel the ratings are. And uh, they're living by the uh, by the dictum, I must deliver corporately a profit statement this quarter higher than the last. While nothing in nature suggests anything can grow forever, uh, they have to deliver a profit statement each quarter larger than the last, and it's uh, it's a degree of insanity. But it pertains and obtains, and uh, that's what drives the culture. So Don Imus is sponsored by... Uh, you know, by companies who are uh, selling to America. We're speaking with Norman Lear, a man who has had so much... Who's coming to Miami, by the way. Who's coming to Miami, and that's what I'm getting at. You'll be here this weekend for the Miami Spirit of Liberty celebration. It's an event to honor Richard Milstein, Rabbi Solomon Schiff, and Ed and Carol Williamson, and it's an event sponsored by People for the American Way Foundation. Yeah, it's open to the public, and uh, I hope to see everybody there. Great, and we'll put all the the ticket information. You can uh, always call for tickets at 305-573-7329. I'll have all the information on our website website as well. But People for the American Way, after a great success with these TV shows, something made you go out and, and start this organization. And what was the tipping point there? I was watching, uh, for a little while, I was watching the proliferation of TV evangelicals, Pat Robertson, Jimmy Swaggart, uh, Jerry Falwell, etc. And it seemed amusing. And uh, so amusing that I had an idea to uh, seriously amusing. But I wanted to savage it the way uh, Patty Chevsky did with uh, television and his film Network. So I left what I was doing to write a film. And as a matter of fact, I had talked to Robin Williams and, uh, and Richard Pryor, both at the beginning of their careers, and they were interested in doing the story with me and so forth. And then I started to watch, as I needed to for research purposes, hours and hours of uh, these guys every week, and the mixture of politics and religion so concerned me that I did a TV uh, p- a public service announcement instead. In those years, you know, so you could do a 60-second uh, PSA. Mm-hmm. I did it. I put it on in Washington where, I was sure, where it didn't cost me that much money to do it on one single local station, but I knew that you know, enough people would see it around the Congress. It would, there were only three networks then, and sure enough, Dan Rather uh, on the evening news and Tom Broke on the evening news ran the spot and uh, talked to me. And it caught on, and somebody somewhere said, this has to be an organization. You can't 
tackle this with one television spot. And People's in the American Way was born more as an act of spontaneous combustion around that one 60-second television spot. And then we went on to do a number of others, which I'm going to run at 7.30 Saturday night. At, okay. Uh, the People Poor event. Oh, great. Again, the event is in Miami. It is the Miami Spirit of Liberty celebration. All the information will be on our website. Norman Lear is our special guest on 940 WINZ. So People for the American Way now is celebrating its 25th anniversary. Uh, what role is religion playing in politics now, in your opinion? Well, uh, uh, am, I re- am I pointing it out or uh, am I yeah. talking about something? No, let's go ahead. Let's, I mean, everyone, I hope, sees it. But yeah, sometimes you need to hit people over the head with it. Well, what we're looking at is a, uh, an administration. I mean, we've, we've look, we're looking at the confluence of three major forces, corporate America, the neoconservative political movement, and the religious right. And uh, they are not strange bedfellows. They are, you know, they felt they belong together. They can work with one another, use one another, and indeed they have intertwined and threaded and become one very powerful force each in the service of the others and themselves. So uh, I think the religious right has a, uh, has a very dangerous influence on our culture. Norman Lear. On our political culture. I, I got you. Norman Lear is our guest here on the Jim DeFeeney Show. I'm Nicole Sandler. So you started, really started People for the American Way in response to Jerry Falwell and the oral majority and all of that. And now, you know, now we've got the Pat Robertson Law School and the sad fact that more than 100 graduates of that school are now working in the Bush administration. I think that uh, I just heard that for some reason that escaped me, and I just learned that last night, and I'm hearing you repeat it now for me. And it shocks me. It stuns me that 150 people, for, graduates from that school... Now, I'm, I don't know how that school is rated uh, among it, law schools in this country. It's got the I'm, lowest rating among law schools in this country. It doesn't surprise me at all. The lowest rating among uh, law schools and 150 graduates now work in the White House. In fact, the woman, and her name escapes me at the moment, the woman who took the fifth and didn't want to testify uh, yeah. in the firings, who was, uh, who was just granted immunity to testify, she is one of the graduates of that school. Well, I can't wait for her to testify. Yeah, uh, it should be should be quite interesting. But that stands all by itself. One, does one have to say any more? <laughs> you know, the American people, if we could only get that to, the, to all of them and just to think about the lowest rated uh, uh, level of law, law school, school in yeah. the country, mm-hmm. one that is, a, is religiously oriented and the lowest rated among attorneys and people who, who judge such things, 150 graduates now work in and around the White House. One doesn't have to say more. No, and if people don't see the ramifications there, then they're, then they're not, <laughs> their eyes are closed. Norman Lear is our guest on the Jim DeFeedy Show. We're speaking with him. Uh, you know, it's an honor, and I would have loved to speak with you on any day, but the occasion is you're on your way to Miami for the Miami Spirit of Liberty celebration. It is uh, sponsored by People for the American Way. There are tickets available by calling 305-573-7329. It's honoring Richard Milstein, Rabbi Solomon Schiff, and Ed and Carol Williamson, and uh, you're going to Play some. And you know, you've got in Miami a great young hero uh, running a uh, People for the American Way effort called uh, Democracia USA, a, an outreach to the uh, Hispanic community, Latin American community, and it, it is a gorgeous success in the hands of a young fellow who will also be there, George Masuli. Yes, he's going to join us in the next hour here at 8 o'clock. So he will be in studio. So we'll talk to him about, you know, what he's really into is something that People for the American Way really has taken on in terms of voter education and voter registration and encouraging young people to get out and vote and and seize the power that they have. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about, obviously, this is a great segue into the 2008 uh, elections. Some segments of society, some of the uh, candidates, people, have criticized you for supporting multiple candidates. Right. But you say debate is good. Well, if, they, <laughs> if that isn't the American way, I don't know what is. I think the American people earn 
and I underline the right, earn, the word earn, they earn the right to hear these people uh, rubbing against each other in vigorous debate. I think the first one is today, isn't it? Yeah, we're actually it, recording this uh, Thursday afternoon. The first debate will be tonight, Thursday night on MSNBC, and we're going to air this Friday yeah, morning. 4 so, o'clock in the afternoon out here. Uh, it's, it's so tucked away. Uh, and I don't think I read, well, I read three newspapers this morning. I didn't read anything about a, a, a Democratic candidates debating today. Wow. Well, we've been talking about it here, so and, and we'll be uh, talking about it in the morning, of course, leading up to this interview as well. But yeah, no, there's not enough uh, attention called to it. And perhaps if there were um, more of these types of forums with candidates out there and people watch them, we wouldn't need to, the candidates wouldn't need to raise these ridiculous amounts of money they need to raise in order to, to run a campaign. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court is now uh, hearing evidence about, that may result in their relaxing uh, restrictions so that corporations and unions and such can put all kinds of money, not that it isn't all kinds of money already, but it can be far more, and I think they're, if I'm following the court correctly, they may very well loosen the restrictions. Well, that's um, um, really upsetting to learn, because my thought has always been that unless we get some campaign election finance reform, um, we're doomed. Mm-hmm. Norman Lear is on the phone with us. Um, how do you assess the field of 2008 candidates? I think uh, the Democratic field looks pretty good. I, you know, I think Edwards and... Uh, and Mrs. Clinton and uh, Barack Obama, I'm supporting them. I think there, there are a couple of others that are interesting. But uh, I, I think uh, the other side has a little more trouble uh, this year than we have. I just, my prayer is that uh, when we win, and I, I think we will, that we uh, are really collected and know what the hell we're doing. There hasn't been over the last six years that much evidence that uh, Democrats are collected and uh and really, truly, the coverage to call it the way they see it and go forward the way they, you know, without the kind of spin that has so disturbed us. What do we need today? What do you think the American people are looking for? I think they're looking for authenticity. If I had to put it in a word, they're looking for for, for people that can say, oh, that's who that person is. I think. You know, they don't have to know the details of every of policy because you know there's too much and they're emotionally crowded lives i include myself in that i i don't uh, understand policy wise what everybody is going to deliver when they talk about policy but i do understand the greater themes the grand themes the way they do so uh when george bush says uh, no child left behind and uh, John Edwards says no uh, child left behind, I'm content that they don't mean the same thing. They're saying the same thing, but they don't mean the same thing. John Edwards, Hillary Clinton, uh, Barack Obama understand that they have to give up something and ask others to give up something. Everybody has to move back and others that some people too far back can move forward. And that's the great difference. Everybody can use the same words. But, 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 you know, I'm content if I don't understand the policy, but I believe you will deliver on what you're saying with a policy I will later understand. Perhaps I trust. I don't know I've been right? <laughs> clear trust, on that. Right? We've been lied to and misled for so many years. Someone that we can trust and believe. Yes. Authenticity. Mm-hmm. All right. Norman Lear, you're truly a legend. I thank you for all your years of, of amazing work and entertainment and work on behalf of the American people. You know, it's a shame that there has to be a group called People for the American Way to stand up for voters' rights and, and uh, all the things that you do. But, but you know, uh, vigilance is the eternal price of liberty, some Jefferson-type person said. Eternal vigilance is the price of liberty, and so there has to be a people for the American way. There, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind that at all. And now there are seven hundred thousand people for the American way across the country. But uh, you know, the paying eternal vigilance is uh, is joyful work. You know, it's working for a country you love, and uh, and for a bill of rights that you truly believe in. 
what what could be more joyful? Absolutely. I have one more question, which is you and your wife a few years ago bought an original copy of the Declaration of Independence, and you yes. paid a lot of money for that thing and brought it on tour. Mm-hmm. What prompted you to do that, and what impact do you think it made? Well, I know the impact it made. I know that we, uh, if one were to go to declareyourself.com, you'll still see the results of that up there, and we're about to launch another tour. In this case, it's, it's nonpartisan tour to get young people, especially young people, turn on the, the 18-year-old. I'm turning 18. It's a rite of passage at least as important as the later rite of passage to buy a drink. That's the uh, the latest effort. But... Uh, you know, I watched it tour the country, and I watched people be bussed in uh, from all over whatever state it was in, to standing online for an hour and a half to spend a couple of minutes with their country's birth certificate. So it's been a great thrill. It still continues, and uh, and it will continue. All right, bring it back to Miami. All right. But you know, we, we didn't think of. Bring, I think there's so much going on uh, Saturday night that we uh, we didn't think to do it. Mm. But I'll be there in its stead. Okay, Norman Lear in town this Saturday. Uh, he's going to be part of the Miami Spirit of Liberty celebration. In fact, delivering the keynote speech. It is a, an event sponsored by People for the American Way. That's the organization he is responsible. And again, Norman Lear, uh, just a legend, and and my honor to speak with you this morning my on the Jim DeFeeney Show. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you. Take Bye. care. Bye bye. I, I listen to that, and I just think, you know, I've had some moments <laughs> in my career, and that was one of them. I, I'm only sorry that I did not get to shake his hand. That was April twenty sixth. 2007. So when we were talking about the 2008 election coming up, a a, a Democratic candidates debate, his candidates, the ones he was supporting at the time were um, Hillary Clinton, John Edwards, and Barack Obama. Um, And he was talking about the the case that was going to come before the Supreme Court to loosen the, uh, the, 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 the purse strings, basically, on money in politics. Well, yeah, that that became Citizens United, which um, was just a few short years later. The Citizens Unit. Here, here's how creepy this all is. The Citizens United Supreme Court decision came down on January twenty first, twenty ten. Again, this was April of two thousand seven. January 21st, 2010. By that time, I had already taken over that show on on WINZ. Then I was fired the Friday before the the Democratic convention so that they could put Imus on in my place and then flip the station to sports, which it still is. Yeah. Um, The day that... Uh, And then I went to work for Air America and I was doing a nightly show there, which is what I was doing the night or the day that the Citizens United decision came down from the Supreme Court, January 21st, 2010. That was also the day that Air America Radio went dark. A really lousy day for free speech in this country. But you see how it's all all. all put together. Uh, we lost a giant in Norman Lear. Um, but People for the American Way lives on. PFAW.org is their website. You can uh, check that out. Um, a division of People for the American Way is Right Wing Watch. And they're at rightwingwatch.org. And there have been times throughout the last, you know, 20 years that... Um, uh, that um, right wing watch used to post all kinds of clips of just crazy right wingers saying horrific things. Now they're, you know, you can still get it at rightwingwatch.org. But sadly in a lot of other places, most notably C-SPAN. Yeah. So there's that. Um, Norman Lear, just what a, what a treasure. And look at 101, he lived a full long impactful, amazing life. Um, we could use more people like him. Now, the reason that I, ch- I, I didn't play that yesterday, 
I chose, well, because I had Desi Doyen yesterday and we, we spoke for most of the hour, but I, 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 um, you know, I chose to hold on to it for today because as I told you at the beginning of the show, Howie Klein, who's our regular Thursday guest is, um, well, uh, is on the board of people for the American way. And in fact, um, on the podium, the picture that I put up every week when he's on the air with us and he's pointing at something, he's making a speech, the logo on the podium is people for the American way. So here, I'm about to put up today's show card. Um, There's Norman Lear, there's Howie. And on the right, there's a picture there. You might not recognize that the guy on the right is a much younger Howie Klein. And he's standing with Rob Reiner and Norman Lear. So I'll tell you what, uh, I will get Howie on the line and um, uh, you can mix up the Dirty Debbies. I could think I could use about a triple today. So um, who's, whose turn is it to be bartender? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckies, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes, and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and French fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with corn. It's corn. All for only $50,000. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth orange juice. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies, tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint, but at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary. Sweet and low. Who picks up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com on The Nicole Sandler Show. Uh, hello, Howie Klein. Hi, Nicole. How are you I'm doing? Uh, I'm I'm hanging in there. How about you? I'm good, thank you. Good. So I just I just aired this interview from 15 years ago with Norman Lear. It's the only time I ever got to speak with him. Um, you're one of the first people I thought of when I heard the news yesterday that Norman Lear had died. Um, you are, as I've said, on the board of People for the American Way. In fact, the picture that I put up on the on the video. Uh, is you behind a podium with the People for the American Way logo on the podium right in front of you. Um, what? How did you get involved with that group? Well, um, when I was uh, the president of Reprise Records, they gave me an award. F- I, I think it was for um, uh, free speech, maybe something like that. It was a really long time ago, so I can't remember mm. exactly why it is. Although I'm walking over to where I have it to, to say this. Oh, no, I, I, I you know what? It was such a, a unique and bizarre award that was it was sculpted by a, a famous, a famous sculptor. And I, I donated it to a um, I don't I don't you know what? I donated it back to people for the American way oh. so that they could sell it and, and raise money that way. You know, because it, it just, you know, I mean. The award, it's the the physical award itself is, isn't exactly the same thing as you know knowing that you got the award, sure. which is more meaningful than the physical award. But the physical award was really like an amazing piece of sculpture and very rare. So I donated it back to them. Well, that that's that was nice of you. Um, and and so I don't know how much interaction you ever had with Norman Lear. There is the picture that you had. I guess, uh, tweeted out yesterday. I, I put it up on today's show card. It's a much younger and hairier Howie Klein here with with uh, Rob Reiner and um, Norman Lear. Um, and you said something that he used to call you Howie Mandel? For, for 30 years or 40 years, <laughs> he's been calling me Howie Mandel. Uh, and I always correct him and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. And, and I ne- after a few years... I started thinking he was just doing it on purpose and, and he, he wasn't really forgetting he, that he just thought it was a funny thing. Right. But he, he, he played it straight. So I never knew for sure. Oh, so, yeah, I, I, um, <clears throat> I, I've, I, you know, I, I, obviously I've met him and spent time talking to him several times, but we also have um, people for the American way board meetings and, and he's 
very active in that and has been. And there used to be in-person meetings. And uh, and then after after um, you know once COVID hit, mm. uh, they became phone meetings. Now they're starting to have in-person meetings again. I haven't been to Washington to attend any of them, but Norman is always uh, is always part of those meetings. And the mm. last one I went to. He was still, you know, and we, I mean, it wasn't went to. I mean, the last one I took, took uh, had a part in, which was a phone meeting. He was still on. He was on the call and still active and still talking. I, I remember this one time uh, <clears throat> when I was trying to explain to some of the members that being a Democrat wasn't necessarily the same thing as being a Republican. They weren't identical. And it was a fight that I was having with several of the members. Many of the members understood, and I didn't have to explain it to them. They knew just what I was, just what I was talking about. But some of them didn't. Some of them just did not understand. They, and, and I tried to explain, we're not a Democratic Party organization. That's not what we are. It was, it, Norman founded this, this organization along with a Republican, as a matter of fact. And um, it, 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 it has certain goals and ideals, and it's not exactly the same as the Democratic Party. It, it's, it has a lot of simil- similarities, but it's not the same. And I just couldn't get that across to some people. Mm. And, and, and they would always endorse Democrats. And, and one time, they, uh, one time I, br- I brought up out of the blue uh, Joe Lieberman. That that we should endorse Ned Lamont and not Joe Lieberman. <laughs> yeah, and there was a shock. I mean, people were just absolutely shocked. Not, I mean, not most of the people. Some of them were, and I, I made the case of why Joe Lieberman does not merit a um, an endorsement from people for the American way, and and the majority agreed with me. But but they didn't just want to sort of ram it down people's throats. They wanted everyone to come along on this kind of thing, and we had never endorsed. In a uh, in a primary before, so mm. this would have been the first time that we had ever endorsed in a primary and against an incumbent, no less. So there was a lot of um, discomfort about that, and it it looked like it wasn't going to go through. And then all of a sudden, Norman spoke up, and he said, "You know, I think Howie's right on this, and I think we should take this uh, take this leap and let's do it." Wow. And no. One, I mean, when he would say something like that, no, that was it. There was no, nobody would ever disagree, uh, especially since he was obviously right. And and we did. We wound up endorsing uh, Ned, uh, Ned Lamont. Wow, Ned Lamont. The name always it reminded right. right reminded me of a, a character from The Simpsons. It just Ned Lamont sounded like a Simpsons character. But even a, even a Simpsons character would have been better than Joe Lieberman. So <laughs> there's that. Well, as it turned out, I, I don't know if you remember this or not, Joe Lieberman lost the Democratic uh, primary. And then um, a lot of the conservative Democrats and establishment creeps who liked him convinced uh, what, what, well, what they did, what they did, they all got together and, and ran him as an independent. Ugh. And yeah. uh, so he ran as an independent and he beat Ned Lamont in the in I the general that. election. Yes. So that was uh you know, that was a horror for a lot of people who worked so hard to get Ned uh, to win in the um, in in the primary. And then uh, Lieberman never forgot it. I mean, he he I mean, he always hated progressives. But after he lost the primary, he, he just really got vindictive oh, yeah. and was, was horrible forever after that, including, you know, still yesterday. Is. Yes, he still is. Yeah. Uh, and, and he did something horrible. Yes, I can't remember what it was. But yes, he was in the news again yesterday. Yeah, he he's, uh, you know, he was, I think, um, endorsing or urging people to vote for, uh, what's her name, Nikki Haley. Oh, God, that's what it was. Right. So but she's perfect for him. She That's what he is. He is Nikki Haley. Yep. Yep. You know, um, I've got this button. I have a picture of it. I'm going to put up on the screen in a moment. And it was, um, I think it might've been like my first Netroots Nation. I picked up this button and it was either 2010, 2011. And talk about prescient. So the button, uh, the picture is coming up on the screen now. There's a, a drawing of U.S. Supreme Court there's a banner. It says www.pfaw.org, People for the American Way. And underneath it says, it's the Supreme Court, stupid. And then Obama 2012 below it. Um, my God, if only we had paid attention. And I held on to this button for all these years because I knew it. 
because this this is what it was about and and we didn't take heed and that's always what it was about uh, for people for the American way. They've been, you know, they've spread out more in recent years or even recent decades, mm-hmm. uh, but they've always primarily been about the judiciary uh, and, and electing uh, people who would, su- who would support uh, Democrats uh, getting, on, getting onto the courts, but especially the Supreme Court. That, that was, that's always been their biggest thing. You know, Norman was, has, was an amazing guy and, you know, just a, a really, really big influence in my life, believe it or not. Um, he, you know, he, as I said, in, when I wrote, uh, wrote about him, uh, when I heard he had passed away, he had been a, uh, I don't know if he was a fighter pilot, pilot or not. Yeah. He, he was a, he was a, he flew a bomber over Germany. Yeah. And he, he told me how many missions he had flown and, and I, and I always thought, like, here he was, he was just a kid fighting a bomber to fight the Nazis, flying a bomber to fight the Nazis, and here he is still fighting the Nazis, yeah. you know, decades and decades and decades later. And the idea, you know, I, I ran a, um, an auction one time, well, two times for people for the American way, and I raised over a million dollars each time. Uh, in fact, once it was over two million dollars. Wow. And people were donating things and, uh, and experiences and... And someone donated, Norman donated one of his hats, one of, one of those uh, <laughs> iconic hats. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know him that well at the time. It was, I was new to the organization. And I was thinking, who cares about this hat? Oh. <laughs> you know, I just couldn't imagine that anyone cared about this hat. Oh, was I ever wrong about that? <laughs> right. I mean, the hat sold for a huge amount of money. And, we, and there were like donations beyond belief coming in, you know, for this for this hat and I learned you know that he is a really really admired and, and loved person oh without a doubt and, and again as I was saying look I, I only got to talk with him the one time never met him in person and how I wish I had gone to that event in Miami that we were promoting um, but I was I was so honored to speak with him and I was nervous because it was like my first uh, talk radio interview with Norman Lear and um uh, even, was it about him as a TV producer, no, or was it about politics, or both? It, well, a little of both, but it was mostly about people for the American way. He was coming to Miami for some uh, people uh, for the American way um, event, and he was giving the keynote address, and it was it was a big deal. So we talked a little about every. I'll send I'll send you a, I'll send you a link to the interview. You can hear it. I'm also going to send you this button because I I think you will appreciate it, and you'll see why I hung on to it for all these years. Um, it's the Supreme I Court. Hung on stupid. To also that yeah, you reminded me of when we started we started talking. You mentioned the button, which is a yarmulke, and it was a it was a campaign yarmulke. And, and if, if people who don't know what a yarmulke is, it's, it's a Jewish kind of small head It's the piece. cap. It's the skull cap. That, right? Yeah, the skull cap. That's right. And, and this one says, vote Lieberman. <laughs> and I always think, like, I see it all the time. It's, it's on, like, a desk next to my desk. And, and I always think, like, one day, this is going to be worth money. Probably the day he dies, uh-huh. uh, it'll, be, it'll be worth some money, and I'll immediately... Um, use it to raise money for a progressive candidate. Oh, good idea. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, I, I mentioned, I picked up this button at uh, 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 Netroots Nation and that they do this um, uh, uh, like a trivia night thing. And there were different teams and there was always one of the most um, <laughs> uh, outlandish teams that always was part of it was Lieberman for Connecticut. You know, which, which obviously was very tongue in cheek, and but it it stuck with me through all these years. Boy, he turned out to just be a horrible person. Um, so one time, I, I uh, was was invited to the White House and um, for for a state banquet, and um, after after the banquet, um, there was dancing, and. You know, Hillary was all pissed off. It was in the middle of uh, Bill Clinton being impeached, and she was, you know, she was not a good hostess. He, 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 he was a good host. He was friendly, and you'd never know that there was nothing terrible going on in his life. But with her, she was like, you know, had like a sour puss on all night, and she wasn't friendly. But um, so I was, I, and 
I was with, I was with my boyfriend and we, we were dancing. And I think because it was with another guy, um, Tipper Gore, you know, thought nothing about in, in, interfering, which she might not oh, have done that if it was a girl. So anyway, we were dancing and she sent somebody over to talk to me. And she, and she said, and the woman said, Tipper would like to speak to you. I saw I'm dancing. <laughs> so, so then she waited. And then when we were finished, uh, she said, Tipper would like to know if you're going to support Al. And I said, he, he, Al and, and Joe Lieberman? I would never vote for Joe Lieberman for anything, let alone like raise money for that ticket. So the answer is no. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tipper, of course, we now you were, I'm guessing, still you were president of Reprise Records when she went on her labeling, you know, album lyrics stuff. I don't know if if it was Reprise or Sire. I think I was at Sire at the time Uh, as general manager. uh And yes. And she specifically went after some of our artists. In fact, the person that got this whole thing started in terms of uh, music lyrics that got her to go nuts along with Lieberman, was Ice-T. Not, and it wasn't just Ice-T in general. It was, it was um, a song that I was the executive producer <laughs> of that drove them crazy. And that, so I feel like I was a very, very big part of that whole, uh, that whole incident. The song was uh, Cop Killer. Oh, sure. And, uh, from uh, Ice-T's rock group. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Yeah, so I definitely uh, didn't have fond feelings towards the uh, uh, towards the Gores at the time. Right. Yeah, and I don't know what happened to Tipper. She's off uh, riding off into the sunset somewhere, I guess. And Al is—I don't know what he's doing. Um, how- well, Al, Al is very, very um, climate involved. Still. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, just the other day, in fact, I wrote about him because he was uh, talking about what a what a joke uh, Cop Twenty Eight is. Oh, well, you know, I, I, we talked about it yesterday. I had Desi Doyen on who does the Green News Report. But the fact that the COP28 is being held in Dubai or, or in the UAE and, the, and then on top of that, I don't know if you saw the display <laughs> today, they did this flyover of the city with the colors of Russia coming out of the plane, you know, exhaust because Vladimir Putin arrived. Like what? <laughs> yeah, and, and my assumption is is that colors of Russia were also polluting the air. Yes, of course. I, I didn't pull the picture, but I saw it and was uh, disgusted. Speaking of disgusted, let's. Um, I, I thank you for indulging me on Norman Lear. I, I just it's such a um, what a great loss for the country. But again, he li- he was 101. He lived a great, full, amazing life and gave back to I, this nation. Right. right? I mean, what more could you ask for? Yep. I just I do want to just add one more thing. I was, I was there was something that happened. It's nothing to do specifically with Norman, but uh, at those people from the American Way board meetings, there was. I at first I was like very friendly with the state senator from um, Arizona, and she was the only elected official who was on the board, and I thought that was amazing, and that was because she had been a member of Young People Four, um, and. And we, got, we were friendly. And Uh-oh. then after several meetings, I started realizing that she was um, psychologically debilitated and it was insane <laughs> beyond belief. I know where and this is going. any day she was going to pull a gun out of her purse, always a very fancy designer uh-huh. purse. Of course. She was going to pull and start shooting people. Mm. So then I stopped sitting anywhere near her and I would always try to see where she was going to sit and make sure I wasn't within her eyesight. So that if she started shooting, I could get away before she shot me. And that and that person later turned out to be Kirsten, Kirsten Cinema. I knew you were going there. I just had a feeling that's where you were going. Yes. Um, yeah. A lot of, you know, I didn't know her back then. But but I remember when Keith Olbermann used to bring her on Countdown when she was a state assembly person in Arizona. And she was like green and she was, you know, she was. Uh, uh, talk about a transformation in a person. I don't know what happened to her, but I guess you saw it back then that she she was nuts. 
she was just another person like Trump, where it's all about them. It's not about ideology or policy. People say to me, but she was so left. She was so, she was so, you know, one of us. And no, she was never one of us. She's, you know, no matter what she was saying, it was always about her. She was always thinking, how, how is this going to work for me? And she started out thinking that, you know, the left would work for her. And when it didn't, she, 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 it, it was nothing for her to turn into a right winger. Right. Didn't mean a thing. Simple as simple as uh, getting out of bed. Wow. And there she is now. And let's hope that um, she's in her last, you know, her final uh, sunset edition of her her her, her congressional career. Because um, well, I'm very very worried. Are she you? has put together the slimiest imaginable. A smear campaign that she she's uh, that I'm afraid she's going to launch against Gallego. Really, and, you know, and if the Republicans figure they they have no chance to win, they certainly want Kirsten Cinema in there more than they want uh, Ruben uh, Gallego. Gallego in there because wow. Ruben Gallego is is a solid mainstream Democrat. Whereas, you know, she votes for the Republicans uh, right. frequently. Right. And she is no longer a Democrat. She 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 left the party. She is an independent now. Um, but she's not an independent in the way Bernie Sanders is an independent. No, but she's an independent the way Angus King is an independent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But she, yeah, she, she's pretty awful. And I am very, very worried. Friends of mine uh, have seen what she's putting together uh, to destroy uh, Gallego, and I'm very, very worried about it. Really? Okay. Well, oh, yeah. ooh. okay. Well, that's something. Now that I'm in Arizona, I I need to uh, uh, start paying attention there. I suppose. Did you uh, register to vote? Yet? I did. I got my voter's registration card. Um, it just showed up in the mail the uh, Monday. Congratulations! That's Thank fantastic. you. So I'm ready. I got my I got my Arizona driver's license, and I registered at uh, at the at the. It's not called the DMV here. It's the MVD or something. It's yep. Yep. But it is what it is. So I am registered to vote and I'm ready. So I just need to get dug in. So Howie Klein, few other things, um, not Norman Lear related. Um, the, the lots of, um, defections from the house Republican caucus first, well, Santos, that was not a defection. He was expelled, but then Patrick McHenry said he's out and then Kevin well, McCarthy he, said he's staying till the end, though. Oh, he is staying but till it, the end. But Kevin McCarthy is not. No, McCarthy's not. And they're, they're both interesting cases. Um, McHenry um, is, is, is him saying he's leaving means that there's going to be a gigantic scandal coming to to uh, to light. He, he's not leaving for any. It's either going to be a big financial scandal since he takes mega mega bribes or it'll be a sexual scandal since he is a closet case. And he's the one who, and remember, someone invited uh, Madison Cawthon to a sex orgy? Yes, it, 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 was, it was Patrick McHenry. McHenry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, yeah, he, he's had his eye on, on uh, his neighbor, uh, uh, Madison Cawthon. Anyway, so there's a scandal there. Now, in terms of, it's much more interesting in terms of McCarthy, because if McCarthy leaves by um, five o'clock tomorrow, West Coast time. Yeah. Newsom has no choice but to call a special election. And that's a very, very red district. There'll be no Democrats going to win that district. And that means there will be a, uh, a Republican who will be voting for the rest of the year. Right. However, if he doesn't retire by tomorrow at five, that seat will be open for, for a, a full year. There'll mm-hmm. be no one in that seat. And that's what that I think is what's going to happen. And I think that McCarthy is, is saying is saying screw you to uh, MAGA Mike. Yeah, He's because he said a, he he will retire he at the stop. end of the month, which is the end of the year, which is not tomorrow five o'clock. Why tomorrow at five? Just because the way uh, it's just a California thing. Oh, okay. You know that a certain number of days out before the mm. election, and you know, and I mean, if at that point, of course. Um, the uh, Avin Newsom can call a special election. Uh, I mean, he, he can do it at any time he wants. But, but he, doesn't, he have doesn't have to. Have to. Gotcha. And the last time this happened, it had uh, it, um, it, a very, very similar situation. And and um, 
Gavin Newsom didn't call a special election, and he's going to leave that seat open, which is the same kind of thing that a Republican would do if if sure. the, if, the uh, if it was the reverse situation and it was a Democratic seat. So you know, so he's really re- McCarthy is really really screwing over the Republicans by staying. I mean, if he wanted to be a good guy, he would leave tomorrow afternoon at 4:30 and say, "Okay, I'm done." But instead, he says he's going to stay till the end of the year. Well, they don't need him till the end of the year. There are going to hardly be any more votes till the end of the year. Right. So he's really just sort of sticking it to them. Well, that's that's kind of who Kevin McCarthy is, isn't he? He's he's he's. Uh, it's like, all right, I'll go down, but I'm going to take you down with me. That's exactly what he's doing. He's just being a vindictive dick. Good. It's not a very bright vindictive dick, but good. At least he's you know he's theirs. <laughs> Democrats, that's for sure. Oh, God. Um, does this leave them? Uh, uh, my math is weird. With one, a one vote majority once he's gone? Everyone thought so. But what happened is that, um, what's his name? Uh, Bill Johnson from Ohio, someone got to him and, and, and he changed his mind. So he, he's going to uh, be the president. He's resigning from Congress. He, he's to be the president of, of, a, of a small university. And uh, and he was ready to just say goodbye, and and, it was, and certainly announced that he was leaving. And then I guess they talked to him and convinced him not to do it. Oh. So he's and now he's saying he will stay for several months. <laughs> so I don't know what several months means. I don't. I don't. I you know no one does. But he's not. He's not leaving right away. So so it's two. They're down by two, not down by one. However, at some point he is going to, um, uh, you know, leave. I mean, it's, he, you know, he, he's not saying I'm staying till the end of my term the way McHenry said. Right. He's, staying, he's saying he'll stay for several months. So it's an interesting situation with him. Now, the good news for the Republicans with him is that when he does leave, the governor can call a special election. I, th- I think, you know, it's got to be two or three months bef- of emptiness <laughs> before there's a special election. So though, uh, during that time, the Republicans are going to be screwed for whatever it is, two or three months. I'm not sure how it works in Ohio, but I- I'm going to guess it's, it's that amount of time. Um, but, but the safe thing for them is that the district is not, again, it, there's no Democrats that's going to win this district. It's an extremely red MAGA district. I, I gotcha. It, it, so, well, it, it is the case in a lot of these, but it, but if they quit and the seat remains open for a while, that's one fewer vote that the Republicans have to advance MAGA Mike's agenda. And right now, I mean, as of today, I think it's a three vote margin with George Santos gone. Right? It's whatever it is. That's it's right. Single digits, and it's going down. So. This is a very um, leads to an interesting uh, situation in that when they get down to so so when Kevin's gone, say he waits it out till the end of the month. Thank you very much. Then it's two. Right. All it takes is one or two of these people to. I don't know, to get arrested for for sex crimes or for one of them to keel over or something. It's very, it is possible that there could be more Democrats in the House than there are Republicans. And if that day happens, what must the Democrats do? Oh, it'll be pretty much automatic. As, As soon as he, as soon as there's not a majority, then uh, the Democrats will call for a, a new election of uh, House Speaker, and Hakeem Jeffries will be House Speaker. That will happen. If okay, so first of all, what will ha- if the sex scandal is what, which is what I think McCarthy, McHenry's thing is, uh-huh. if that breaks in a few weeks, yeah. what happens then? I mean, are they just going to keep him there, knowing that he? I mean, for him to be retiring, he's 48 years old. Yeah. For him to be retiring now, this has got to be a big deal. This can't be like he, he was uh, abusive to someone in the office one time. That, that isn't what this is about. This is going to be a big deal. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the Patrick McHenry story is so shocking. Uh, the, the, the pre, before he got into Congress, his story was unbelievable, involved like Believe it. I mean, I almost hate to say this, but it involves three murders. Mm. I mean, this is yes. His story is unbelievable. I've never. I mean, this is before he was in Congress. He owned a uh, a male brothel, <laughs> and there, and there were 
I mean, three, not just three, they weren't three random people. There were three big shots, three Republican big shots were, were gunned down, oh or, or one, of, one of them killed the other two and then shot himself, but there were, there were three bodies in Orlando. And I, it, it was a case for like two days, and then it was so hushed up, it was like shocking how like it just went away, just boom, like that, it was gone. Wow. Oh. Yes, but if anyone wants to do a search of uh, Down with Tyranny, I wrote about 50 po- posts about it. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Um, all right. Well, we'll have that to look forward to. And I guess it's a race against the clock. But it's one of those things that every day uh, someone has to keep count of how many members there are, because we could wind up with Speaker Hakeem Jeffries before the next election. It could happen. One, By the way, one of the Republicans, I'm trying to... The uh, guy from Kentucky, oh, right, Rogers, oh. is 85. Yes, right. 85 years old, and, you know, I mean, he seems okay. I mean, unless you talk to him, he seems fine. <laughs> he's, he's not, like, in a wheelchair or something like that. But who knows? I mean, when you're 85, you're 85. Now, Norman lived to be 101. That's right. And uh, this guy Rogers might live to be 102. Who knows? He could, and then, then again, maybe he doesn't. Uh, yeah. To be continued. Uh, another one is 80. Another uh, one is 80. That's right. Carter, he's 80 years yep. old. Yep. So uh, lots of ways this could all come together. And um, because one, one, one take on, we're in overtime now. What, one takeaway I had from um, uh, the, the plethora of Liz Cheney interviews of late in, wake, in the wake of her book is um, that Mike uh, Johnson cannot be Speaker of the House come January 6th, 2025. What do you mean he can't be? Well, it, it can't oh, he doesn't it, want him to be. Right, he cannot be, because if he is, then then basically we're all really fucked. Right, well, you know, I was just, as you called, I was writing a story for tomorrow about how the Freedom Caucus already wants to get rid of him. They, they think they've made a mistake and they don't want him anymore. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my god it's just a comedy of errors and it would be really funny if it weren't like the future of the nation hanging on the balance right well what they would they would try to do is is you know vacate the house and then elect uh jim jordan oh god Did, yeah. have, we already saw that movie <laughs> yes and we'll see it and we'll see it again <laughs> I, 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 think, oh I mean i don't know what they're saying is he screwed up on the on the on the defense budget uh, there were several things he screwed up on, but the, what they're screaming about today is the defense budget he gave into the Senate. We take our orders from the Senate Democrats. This is un, uh, you know, unacceptable. And, and enough of them have said they're going to vote against it, that it's not going to pass with, with Republican votes, which means that he's got to go hat in hand to Hakeem Jeffries and say, I need, you know, whatever, 15, 20, 50 votes to pass this thing. Can you give me the votes? And Jeffries will say, yeah, I'll give you the votes, but uh-huh. it's not free. Right. This is what you got to give me. Yep. <laughs> yep. And this is just what the Republicans don't want. And this is why they got rid of McCarthy. That's right. Exactly that. Right. And that, that, that same provision that allowed one member to, to say, I, I, I want to uh, do a, a, a new election on the, on the speaker, they can. Um, this time and- it'll be Chip Roy. He's already, he's, his thing is... He's he's down by two and a half, two and a half, and uh, if not worse. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, there's two and Marge. A half I'm sorry. And, and Marge Q is is uh, still. I guess she's pissed about Kevin. She is. She's still pissed about Kevin. She lost a lot of power when he left. She had a big investment in his uh, success, and uh, but you know, with her, she's so crazy that you don't know you don't know where she, which side she's going to come on. It could be anything, any day. She's she's not um, she's not logical, and you know, no, don't let her to anything anyway. So so, the, the bottom line is, it, it, it Hakeem Jeffries could get the gavel before the next election. The, chan- the, the chances of the Democrats taking back the House are better. The chances of the Democrats holding on to the Senate are not. That's right. That's exactly right. Ay. I think that the Democrats will, hold, will win the House and lose the Senate. Oh but God. the rate that Republicans are going now, who knows? I mean, you know, all, you, all, you, all they need to do is hold on to the seats they've got now. Mm-hmm. They don't have to win one extra seat. And they, they may 
I mean, there's a chance that they're going to win Missouri. Oh, let's hope. Lucas Coons, come on. And they win Missouri, that means they're like even better than they, they are right now. So right. We'll so um, go support Lucas Kuntz and, and uh, stay tuned. Uh, visit downwithtyranny.com and check out the Blue America page and support uh, some of these uh, Democrats because we need them. Howie Klein, as always, thank you so much. And thanks for, for sharing uh, memories of, of Norman Lear. What a great American hero. And you will continue with People for the American Way, yes? Yeah, of course. Of course. All right. Howie, thank you so much. Um, happy Hanukkah. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Wait, is Hanukkah now? Tonight. It starts tonight. Tonight's the first night of Hanukkah. Do they have any special food? Um, um, uh, uh, gelt, Hanukkah gelt, the chocolate candies, and you, you spin the dreidel, right? I'm not into dreidels. I'm not into those little chocolate <laughs> things wrapped in gold foil. Gefilte fish. Real you food. have to eat the gefilte fish. Oh, gefilte fish. I like that. Is that a Hanukkah thing? I think. You're asking the wrong person. I don't know. Stuffed cabbage. I don't know either. Chopped liver. Gefilte fish. Chopped liver I don't eat. No, I don't either. But gefilte fish. (laughs) The fish of the gefilte. Um, Yeah, whatever it is, I don't know. But with horseradish, it's good. Good. I love horseradish. (laughs) Go have some gefilte fish and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Howie. All right. With that, we're done. Uh, Tomorrow's Friday. So uh, Empty Wheel uh, will we'll have Marcy Wheeler on and uh, we'll see what she has to say about the uh, um, the Liz Cheney book since we didn't get into it with Howie. Um, And we'll find out, you know, what? Latkes. Latkes. Latkes with apple. Potato pancakes or latkes with applesauce. That's what you have on Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, everyone. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Um, I, I would have played the Adam Sandler song, the Hanukkah song, except that would have gotten me copyright violated because NBC is really, really, it's universal. They're horrible with the copyright violation. So um, cannot play Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song, but um, go smoke your marijuana and have a happy, happy Hanukkah. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.